Hi everyone, and welcome to the 151st episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey guys. Churro. Yeah. If this episode was a Pokemon, which Pokemon would it be? Um, starts with the M, right? Yeah. Ends with the O, right? No. <laughs> it starts with an M and ends with a W. I was just testing you. And you pass. Okay. Exactly, exactly. Brandon passed, ladies and gentlemen. I, I passed. At least I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's it's it's. if this was a Pokemon, it would be Mew. Isn't it funny? Aren't we 90s kids? Yay. Yes. Let's, 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 let's make a joke about uh, p- pushing the truck. Did you ever believe that? Or, yes. Or did you ever hear... Did you uh, did you at least hear that rumor go I around? I heard the rumor, and I tried to do the rumor. Okay. So yeah, there was that whole deal that, oh, you can get Mew if you push the truck near the Cerulean uh, thingy, or the or not the Cerulean, the, uh, the SSN. In Vermilion what, City. Wasn't that only like in the Japanese version though? That's what I No, heard. it was all a lie. It was oh, just okay. a lie. It was just it was just stupid stupid kids sp- spreading misinformation. Like I had there were kids at my school that would say, like, oh yeah, uh I know how to get to level two fifty five and you don't. And I was like, No, you don't and like, yeah, I do. I also remember like, the one where uh they said that you can have the SSN come back too. Yeah, there's that, and then, like, uh, there were some kids at my school said, like, oh, yeah, I got, yeah, I got all 150 Pokemon, but then I, I caught missing no, and then it ruined my save. That's why you can't see it. Like, <laughs> it's, like, 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 all these stupid things that are so obvious lies that kids used to t- say back then. That is one thing that makes me so happy about the current era that we live in of the internet. Like... You know, there's that meme that anytime anybody says anything that's kind of ridiculous, I want to see the receipts. That's that's the world that I'm glad that we live in. Well, before like, that, it was it was Pixar. It didn't happen. Yeah, Pixar didn't happen exactly. So I'm glad you know this is an evidence based world that we live in, and I love it. So uh, anyway. For you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. We have a two-segment show today. We have first our news segment, but this this is a special edition news that we don't usually cover but also some actual news because surprise there was actual news that just came out randomly and then our second question will be our question segments in the way of announcements as always if you guys like the show please uh consider supporting us on patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion and our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We've got Blue Machine, who's at Blue Machine on Twitter. Nahi Kablawi, Lewis James. Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero. Chris Morales. Eric Decker, who's at Chaco Taco. Marcus Karnecki. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre 23. Zach Duranto, who's at Z Duranto 58. 
Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson. Darren Matthews, who's at Doomster73. Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J. And Churro, if you take these next few. We got Josh McNabb at J2K9. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Mike. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Muhammad Quayam. Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Neck 95. Patrick. Rachel Casterston at Uber Yoon Ray. Rob Porter at Squirtyper T1. Tobias Kepi at The Tobias Kippy. Tyson Waldman at Ty Waldman 1. Vita Nitas at V underscore Tron 5000. Zach Porter at Porter Paradox. And Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. And be a part of the show. Please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com and get your questions answered like the several people that will be answered in today's question segment. And the deep dive stream will be uh, continuing. Uh, next stream will be July, uh, August, August 3rd at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. We are Twitch TV slash KHUnion. Uh, on the last stream, we did uh, Disney Town, Stitch, and Olympus Coliseum. And, and, and we're currently playing Terra. And let me just say, that Olympus Coliseum is... <laughs> Remember, like, back in Kingdom Hearts 1, how they, like, trick you? They, like, trick you into thinking Olympus Coliseum's the easier world? You know, compared yeah. to Tarzan, and then you get there, and you have to fight uh, Cerberus and and Cloud, and it's just like, what's going on? This is so hard. Yeah. So that's the same thing with with this one, except it's Zach. And Zach, they like, man, that is that that was a really hard one. So like, I had a really hard time with uh, Olympus Coliseum. So like, the first part was you had to do the like, the the tournament. And all of the battles were like time, time. Like yeah, you have like, to do them like, really like, fast. Like if, if you thought the the, uh, the the time trials were bad, yeah, <laughs> I did not remember this at all. Like, or at least I don't remember it being that hard. Like it was really hard. Like I had to like really push myself to to make it through the time trials. And then I got to Zach, and all I remember was, I just remember Zach being really hard to beat. So I was like, oh. I just remember he's hard to beat, so I tried really hard, playing really safe, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm kind of just clowning on him right now pretty easily. Like, I'm just using the, the, the shot luck every now and then, and then occasionally I'll do, like, a like a ranged Fyraga spell, and it's like, yeah, no problem, not a big deal. And then suddenly, <laughs> suddenly then it hits me. Wait, this is the first fight like oh yeah there's a second fight and man that second fight like he's got this first attack that always goes off that was killing me instantly and and even people in the chat were like oh what do you do (laughs) it's like i'm asking you guys what do i do and then like oh man the thing that saved me though i had to use like some next level strats some speedrunner strats and that was the second the battle starts, start doing shot lock. Because at least in shot lock, you're invincible. So not doing you it know, for... that, you, you, you've also got uh, links to help you cure if you don't have a cure spell charged yeah, up. Yeah, that's important. But in this case, I was getting one-shotted. So I needed something to 
uh, eliminate the damage. So, uh, were you under leveled? No, no. The 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 like recommended. I was way ahead of the recommended level. Like, I at least I think so. Like, I I remember doing the deep space one, which is technically a, a higher battle level, and I did that whole thing at like level 23 in my test uh, that might have been a little under level but like level 23 i had to level to like level 25 or something to to finish uh olympus coliseum like it was pretty bad like yeah i was getting one shot so so yeah the main thing that i needed to do was uh shot lock and uh that that helped me but the only thing is that that attack that he does he it, it's kind of like almost like an omni slash sort of a, a of an attack. You like, oh, or like a uh, Riku, Dark Riku from uh, Kingdom Hearts One, where he like he like lifts up his sword and then he starts going dark and then he starts dashing around like warping like around a, like his, like his desperation attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Zach starts with that, and he has that occasionally throughout his fight. Like it's kind of random. So I basically just have to make sure that he is always in frame like i can always see him on screen just so i can react to it because if he starts doing that attack and you can't see him like i don't know when to do the the shot lock so it, it, it took a couple of tries but once i figured out shot lock was the key then i was able to make it through so i did all those so next stream i don't know what worlds i'll do but i know for sure the next one is peter pan which <laughs> i'm also remembering is very hard it's like that one. I I just I, that that and on top of that, it's very ominous because so all the worlds prior to that, they come in groups of threes, like they're like they're they're like little circles on the map, and then there's like three worlds in the in the map. Peter Pan is just Peter Pan. It's all by itself, so it's like kind of ominously sitting there as the the only world that's like it's just Peter Pan. So we'll see how that goes. I'm guessing I might be getting close to finishing Terra uh, in which case that's that's a little scary because like I remember the the final boss fight in Terra uh you know versus uh the yeah versus so when you when you are lingering well and you're fighting against Zehanor I remember that being very hard yeah definitely so uh wish me it's luck critical yeah we are <laughs> we are play- <laughs> yes we're playing on critical it's pretty bad so uh, anyway, moving on to the news segment, specifically the news that we don't usually cover, except the first, the first bit of news which we would cover. So the first bit of news, which is news that we would definitely cover, regardless of the fact that there's not that much news. Uh, apparently, uh, there was an interview done uh, by Geek.com. I'm assuming this probably happened uh, while at like Comic Con or one of the various cons that have been happening. Uh, they were talking to seemingly some uh, Square Enix PR person, and uh, they basically said, or let slip in their statement, that uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is around 40 to 50 hours if you stay on the critical path, including minigames, players can expect up to 80-plus hours of content. Churro, how does this make you feel? excited yeah really really excited because you know it's gonna be a long game and you know 
Yeah, and I have no problem with that. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed Persona Five being a very long game, and you know, it was it got me from the beginning to the end. So bring it on. Definitely, I'm I'm personally a little cautiously optimistic. That's how I'll put it. Because like why, Brandon? Because I know. I know the way these marketing people talk about these games. And this is not the first Kingdom Hearts game that they that I've heard the number 80 hours be thrown around around. Uh back when Kingdom Hearts 2 was being uh, uh announced, like that number was thrown around in an interview with uh Nomura-san and he was like, "Oh yeah, I think it's going to be like 80 hours. It's, like, it's a really really long story." And like checking just you know passively checking uh on howlongtobeat.com which is a nice repository that uh lists game lengths and you know depending on you know how much you put into the game uh in the case of Kingdom Hearts 2 which was stated that it could be up to 80 hours Kingdom Hearts 2 was uh sitting at 62 hours roughly for a uh, completionist so that's a 100% run so I would say that's more along the lines of what I'm expecting for a hundred percent run. I'm personally a little suspicious. I don't think it's going to be eighty hours. I'm thinking more like sixty-ish for a hundred percent, and for like a critical path, as they say. I'm thinking honestly like thirty, thirty to thirty-five hours, and then as how long to beat dot com puts it. Uh, main game plus extra so like not 100% but like doing doing the side quest as you see fit which is how I usually play uh, I, I would see that as at about 40 to 45 hours so Churro I, I, I just want you to guess you know and this is just speculation where do you think how long do you think the main game for the average Kingdom Hearts 3 player, what do you think the main game's, you know, completion time will be? Just main game. Just main game? Yeah. I, I would probably put in the same ballpark, 40 to 50 hours. Okay. Yeah, because, cause, you know, they're they're not expecting, you know, they're, I mean, they're, they're going in, everybody's going in blind. So basically, you know, they're, they're going to want to take in everything that they're playing. Yeah, that's fair. So, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. I, I think what also could factor into it is difficulty setting like the 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 more the higher the difficulty you know obviously the more grinding people you know the average player is going to have to do so either way like i guess the most important thing is that don't worry about this being like a shorter experience you know at the very least it's going to be at least as long as other mainline kingdom hearts games have been so you know, you don't have to worry about it, like, not meeting those standards. So th- I guess that's the main takeaway from this. Not the specific number of hours that they're saying, but the fact that it's in the ballpark of what we are used to in the past. So this is going to be absolutely 100% a, you know, just as big of a Kingdom Hearts experience as we've experienced in the past, which, you know... For a lot of games that came to the HD era, which technically this is like the first Kingdom Hearts game that is on a console that has, you know, the graphical fidelity beyond a PS2, you know, a lot of games that made that transition 
only made that transition because they cut back on scope. I'm looking at games like Final Fantasy 13, for example, uh, you know, various games like that, where, you know, they're the prior entries had, you know, maybe a larger scope game, but, you know, obviously it's with graphics of those times, you know, lower, lower end graphics. But in this case, it seems like, you know, because they've taken their time and because, these HD you know, engines are more thought out and because they're using, you know, a third party engine, they're able to, you know, match the standards that we've had for them in the past while also having stuff that, you know, exceeds it. So that for, for that reason, I'm excited. Are you excited, Cheryl? I'm always excited. You're always excited. Good, good. That's important. Let's let's keep that. Uh, so moving from there, let's talk about some stuff. You know, just some 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 nice news, some chill news, Choo- some news that we don't usually cover on this podcast because it's uh, re- so I've got stuff related to merch and I've got stuff related to Union Cross, some of which I know Churro's really into. So I, I hope you can add something to this convo that I, that I wouldn't because I don't really know too much about this stuff. So first things first, the thing, the the, the merch that even caught my eye. And even though I'm not going to buy it, I'll, I will admit this, this merch ha- had me doing a double take. It, e- it even caught my eye. So that, that's, that, that's that, surprising. That goes to show how cool this merch is. So if y'all have been living on a rock and you don't know, there are some really, really cute Sora and now Riku Nendroids that are coming out coming out of japan uh the sort one's coming out december 2018 and good gravy they're really cute dude they're so cute i love them i already have i already put the sora one on pre-order i'm just waiting for riku to open up yeah i just love like with the art style of it like it kind of reminds me in a way of like almost like the chain of memory sprite in a way like the way the hair is shaded and yeah. I, I mean that in a, in a good way. Like, it has almost, like, a 2D painted quality to it. Like, obviously, I love the eyes. The eyes are painted on 2D, really nice and big and high quality. You know, Sora's got his big, big goofy grin on his face. Love that. Uh, he also has, uh, I think he also has, like, a, a an expression. Yeah, he's got an expression where uh, his eyes are closed and he's kind of, like, in a sleeping state. Kind of looks like when yeah. when he's like uh, at the beginning of the in the Kingdom Hearts one opening where where he's like fallen down during the opening movie. Kind of looks like that kind of face. So really cool. He's got a couple of keyblades. Do all the keyblades come with it? He's got the pump, uh, pumpkin I, king. I and think the only ones they showed was the pumpkin head and the uh, Kingdom, Kingdom key, key, which yeah. I think they're the only ones there. Do they both come with the same Nindroid? or is it what random? So so when you when you buy when you buy oh, this okay. Nendroid, what keyblades come is, with it? Is it both or just it's the one? Same ones. Okay, so, it's the same ones. Same ones. So and, just these two. And then when Riku was introduced, they had wooden swords, like in you know, yes. the islands. So that's what so I that's that's strange. So does Sora come with a sword, or does Riku come with two wooden swords? We don't know. <laughs> yeah, that'll all we all we all it is is that they were just. You know, Good Smile Company revealed Sora because it was it was like a couple like a day or two before the Wonder Festival, which is a big mm-hmm. uh, toy festival in Japan. Gotcha. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, which which when Riku was you know revealed, 
So that's all we know. It's yeah. just so far it just looks like Soros is coming with the Kingdom Key and the pumpkin head, and I guess with Riku is going to come with the Soul Eater and probably two wooden swords because Riku only has you know. I'm surprised they didn't give him the uh, the the darking the dark key blade. Yeah, the the one that unlocks the hearts. I guess maybe because but he's not he's not in his uh, yeah he's not in, in the dark form in the dark form. So oh, may, I mean maybe so, maybe they'll have a dark form one too. Maybe, but I, I think that's why they went with the wooden swords was just to give him another weapon. Yeah, and um, if I, if I'm understanding this correctly, Chiro, I think you you mentioned something about this earlier that this is this is a series. Uh, yeah, it's a set. Yeah, this is a set. So, uh, so we got Sora and Riku so far. So I guess that could indicate that we might be expecting some others as well. Yeah, there, there, there's going to be more. Yeah, um, it's gonna. It's. I think more. A lot of people are saying Kyrie's going to come next, and then probably. Yeah, I could start see going Kyrie. Into, like, Kingdom Hearts two. I characters. just. I just like, wonder. Like, so if Kyrie gets chosen, what's she going to come with? Probably like like probably another palper fruit like what like Sora has. Yeah, palper fruit. To go with it. Like I know it'd be kind of weird, but I think it could also maybe make a little sense. But like Oathkeeper, maybe. Like even though she mm. she even though she doesn't use it, I think of it more like this is the, your way of getting Oathkeeper for Sora. I, I don't know if it would I make think- sense, but that's just my idea. That's all. I think she's only going to get like her charm and the um, the papu fruit. fruit. Yeah, it definitely has to be the charm. Like she ha- she has to have that. That's non negotiable. So that that'll be kind of neat to see what they do with it. I guess I guess they could also give her the stick. She could have a a, a wooden stick. Like there's always like okay. random sticks in Kingdom Hearts that kids pick up and throw and use like swords. So the stick of truth. So I, I I'm a, I'm a big fan of these. I I personally probably won't be getting them, but I'm just saying like, in a world where like Funko Pops are so ubiquitous, and in my opinion don't really look that great, like these are like such a breath of fresh air. Like I love the style yeah. of these. I mean these like a lot of people are saying like you know, I'd rather have these than Funko Pops. Definitely. You know, so. You know, I wouldn't mind having like them do like organization, Roxas, you know, and then even moving on to Kingdom Hearts two and Kingdom Hearts three Sora as well. Yeah, and so. also what I think is kind of neat is that you know they're 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 not they're like leaning into the fact that these these things they're not balanced so they can stand up on their own, and that's not the point. So they got these like they're on these like little stands like these acrylic or plastic uh, like clear stands that have a little thing that stick into their back. So you can have them standing on the ground or you could have them like floating in the air like in the one they have this one photo of Sora where he's like sort of like floating in the air like sleeping like like kind of like from the, the Kingdom Hearts one opening. There's one where he's like locking a keyhole and like there's so many like interesting poses that you can do now that you have this so i think i think like for someone that's interested in displaying something like this in your home like it's so awesome yeah it's it's really good you know and not only that and then uh these ninjroids i've been so like people have been requesting kingdom hearts once for like years yeah 
you know, and now with you know Kingdom Hearts three on see why. Know, on the horizon, you know, like like there's just been a huge boom of like Kingdom Hearts merchandise ever since you know Kingdom Hearts three. His release date has, you know, finally been official. You know, we've been getting a lot of information. It just like seems like all the like licensing from Disney that's been hand, you know, been given out to all these companies. Now they're finally coming out with so much Kingdom Hearts merchandise, which is really great because you know Definitely. it's yeah. The, I remember going through, we're just waiting for like anything new Kingdom Hearts. Back then, you we just had to rely on Score Enix, you know, yeah. to release Play Arts Kai's or Play Arts or Formation Arts. But now it's like now you can get like Kingdom Hearts stuff like almost from any like company like Hot Topic, Spencer's, yep. Metroid, GameStop. Now you got you know uh, Good Smile, Bandai. You know, um, you know, it's just it goes on and on now. It's it's amazing. Yeah, something I, I I'm just noticing about these uh, these figures is that you know because they're they're a bit more stylized the joints on them are a lot less noticeable like they're they're really well hidden especially on Sora like you can like in a, a lot of the shots that they show off you can barely see them like it's man it's so well designed so man yeah that, that was one I of just the problems with the play arts guys, I just love these the joints yeah the joints are just so noticeable on those that's the one thing that really gets me but i i mean i get it cuz like they're more they're more like realistic, and on top of that, it seems like they're a lot more poseable. The the player guys ones, so yeah. I, I get it for those. But for these, where they're just like kind of be, you know, they're just kind of designed to be posed and kind of simple poses. Like they look great, you know, and they 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 seem to hide the joints really well. So that's really awesome. Uh, next thing. <laughs> Which churro? I guess we can spin this into a conversation of where where you are with Union Cross, but so the first I, I, uh, <laughs> the I'm first giving up on Union Cross. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm figuring. So the first tier five seven star prime medal was released in Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. It's uh, illustrated Roxas. Yay! Yay! Says all the people. Look, I look. I'll, I'll just say. Uh, so I know Churro, you you've given up on it. I keep I, I keep up with Union Cross. I'm not keeping up because I really like it. I'm mostly keeping up with it so that I can keep up with it. <laughs> well, see, I'm the same way too. But yeah. the problem is, the main problem with Union Cross right now is there's no content. It's there's all no banners. exactly no content all banners and instead of that all they have is pvp and pvp oh my goodness i don't want to make it too much of a pvp rant but pvp is pay to win plain and simple it's pay to win that's all it is and and you do and there's no really way to win to get jewels besides the daily login exactly and you have to buy like the uh to unlock everything to do those quests and it's you know just to do these pulls and it's like yeah so just just to give a quick summary of why PvP is pay to win for anyone who doesn't particularly keep up with Union Cross. So the deal with PvP is that PvP is the only way that you can get materials that allow you to effectively ascend your uh, current medals, your current attacking tools, to a higher level. It's like, this is the only place where you can get to... uh, go past the limits that most people have with their 
with their weapons, basically. Basically, if you want to, if you want to go from a tier six to a tier seven, you need to do PvP. Yes, and so, so going from that, that means only the people with the best Keyblade setups can win. So who are those people? Well, they're the people who get to pull for medals the most. Who are those people? Well, they're the people who have the most jewels. Who are those people? They're the people that pay for them. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, to some extent, you know, the the people that pay to, to play Kingdom Hearts Union Cross, they have to get better treatment in some way. But unfortunately, this is at the cost of it being, you know, in their favor. Like, the game is tilted in their favor. You know, I said and I said this quite a while ago about free-to-play and why I'm not not such a big fan about free-to-play games is that the relationship between the game player and the game company is very different from the relationship between the game player and the game company in a game that you pay for up front. In a game like, let's say, for example, Detroit, Detroit Become Human, you pay Sony, let's say hypothetically at launch, sixty bucks. You pay sixty dollars. You get your Detroit Become Human. You play your Detroit Become Human. You're done. And because you paid those sixty dollars, they don't have to do anything weird to make any money off of you. They've already made money off of you. the The problem with free to play is you download this game, they start playing, and you know, this game is, it's not a charity. They're not running a, a Kingdom Hearts charity here of, 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 you know, giving you joy with Kingdom Hearts. The main purpose of this thing is to make money. Well, how do they do it? Well, they, they have to, you know, set up the game systems to make you want to pay money. So in that way, the relationship between the game player and the game company suddenly becomes that of almost like a predatory one. Like they're trying to manipulate you into wanting to pay money to them. Like that's, that's the way it works. Uh, you know, TV shows do this. So when you watch TV versus a movie, you know, a movie you pay up front, you know, what's one huge big difference about movies and TV shows? Well, TV shows have commercials in the middle of them. And because they have commercials in the middle of them, what do TV shows do to get you to keep watching so you can watch more commercials? Well, right before the commercial break, what do they do? They set up a cliffhanger. cliffhanger. Exactly. And right at the end of the episode, so you can watch again, they put a cliffhanger. Why do they do that? So you can keep watching, so you can watch more commercials. The, the TV studios do not make money from you watching the show. They make money from you watching the commercials. That's why it's so important during like a big event like Super Bowl. Exactly. They they the companies pay a lot of money to put these commercials on there for you to watch them, and they know everybody's going to watch them because it's you know Super Bowl. Exactly. So the you know at the end of the day, if you really think about it, the purpose of TV shows is to make you watch commercials. The purpose of Union Cross, the purpose of that game is to get you to buy jewels. That's the that's the purpose of the game. That's that's its function as a game. It is an entertainment product second. It is a uh jewel 
seducer. <laughs> it's a seducer for you to buy jewels, primarily. That's the that's its main goal. Whereas a you know a, a retail game like a for a console or a movie, these are products that you pay for up front. In those game, in those situations, like a video game, like Detroit Become Human, for example, or a movie, they're not trying to sell you something in the middle of of the of the movie or in in the middle of the game, you know. So because you've already paid up front, they don't have to nickel and dime you. They are free to entertain you because you already paid. So it's in that way that I, you know, uh, th- that that is my main beef with free-to-play apart from that there's also the uh moral dilemma of people that can't afford to be buying you know vip for union cross every week but they do anyway because they're addicted you know i i I, there's there's that issue as well but even prior to that i do not like the relationship that this creates between the publisher and the game player i I think it's not it's not a comfortable thing for me not only that, there's a whole drama with that uh, Roxas. I think it was a Roxas banner. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So they... okay. So it's the same. <laughs> this is the same one. So good thing you brought it up. So with this Roxas banner, the first version of this banner. I mean, this gets a little bit more into the nitty gritty of how Union Cross works. But so the whole big deal is that there are these new this is there there's this new tier of metal called a seven star metal whereas prior to that all we had were six stars well in the first version of this banner you would get with every single pull from the banner you would at least get a six star version of the roxas metal the nice thing about it even though those medals aren't good anymore cuz it's it's 6 star like 6 star is kind of passé but at least they're functional you can use them you can fight with them yeah yeah so that 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 you know it, at least it's not nothing but now the current banner they changed it where now instead of drawing for a 6 star and always getting 6 star medals you're getting these things called trait medals which you know, when you're working with a seven-star medal, uh, I'm trying to use this in terms that people who don't play Union Cross would understand. Trait medals and six-star medals can both be used to strengthen a seven-star medal. And they strengthen them in the exact same way. So they give them the same boost. But a trait medal has no value. It has no use. You know, when you put it on your keyblade, it it does like one damage like it has no value other than to be fused with a higher quality like an actual proper version of that metal so in actuality they're give so they changed it they got rid of the six star one but they're giving you a trait metal instead the twist to that and the reason the reason they're doing that is to get you to keep pulling on the banner because those trait metals aren't useful until you have the actual metal the roxas metal which uh in the current one you have to pull at least five times from this banner to get that guaranteed so you know if if you are already going to pull five times then the you know no, no harm no foul it's exactly the same you 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 were you you get the same effect but 
for some people that are like really good at PvP, for example, they what they've been doing is they'll draw once, they'll get the six star version, and they'll evolve it from scratch because they've got all the materials they need to evolve tier five metals, whereas your average player doesn't. So honestly, for the average player, it doesn't really make a big difference. Uh, for newbies, it sucks because they can't they can't even get the six star medal, which for them it would probably be useful to them because you know they probably don't have that many good medals. So for newbies, it sucks. For people that are really good at PvP, it sucks. For people in the middle, I think it's okay. And that's where I'm at. I mean, well, I mean, one of the big controversies with the Roxas banner was that they tweeted out that you know you would like you said yeah. you're supposed to get a six star medal of of the Roxas medal yep. and a chance to get the seven star. Yep. But they deleted it, that tweet. Yep. And then I think about like in a span of I like, was at twenty, ten, twenty minutes. Yep. They put up the, a new tweet with the banner, but they changed the six star into the trait medal. Exactly. That was highly controversial. Very controversial. And that wired up all the Union Cross fans. Yes. So that you know that same. that definitely is uh, not the best way to handle it. I will say though. There is one benefit that was added that I personally am happy for as a, you know, intermediate player. Uh, They changed it. So uh, before you were guaranteed to get a a tier five seven star medal, like just a random one. Uh, But in the current banner, you still have that, but it's guaranteed that that one will come with a skill on it. So now, you know, if you, I, I'm, I'm again trying to cater to people that don't play Union Cross, but these skills are important and usually you have to work pretty hard to get good skills. So having that change, I think it does balance it out a little bit. I think the main issue is that it comes off kind of shady the way they post up one version and then they decide to change it right after that. And... I think it looks bad for people that are really, really into the game because for them, that six star medal, they would have only had to pull on it once on that banner once to get the six star and they would have evolved it to seven star and they wouldn't have to pull five, five times. So now the, you know, the more invested players (laughs) invested, not just in time, but probably also in money, the more invested players, uh, they're the ones that are getting probably the most angry about it because like honestly the six star version is not useful it's only useful if you can evolve it into a seven star and the only people that can do that are the people that spend a lot of money on this game so that's uh that's i'm that's I, that's who i am guessing they are making the most angry because i don't yeah. i don't know if the newbies really keep up with this sort of stuff because it, it would affect them too but uh i don't know i think it's not so bad uh, for me personally, I'm going to try to pull for it. I want, I want this medal, but, uh, I'm currently sitting at like 3,600 jewels. So that's only good for about one pull. So, and, uh, this thing is only going to last for another like nine days. So I don't know if I'll be able to I do mean, it. They're, 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 they're going to bring it back for a falling. Oh yeah. You know, chill thing like they did with the Kyrie and their Shion. Yeah. 
You just gotta wait like a month. Yeah. Well, by then there'll be another one that'll be even better that I'll want instead. Well, that's that's how they keep you. <laughs> that's pulling. how they keep you so pulling. You so I. So here's here's my recommendation for anyone who's interested in playing Union Cross or is playing Union Cross. The medals are not valuable. The only thing that's valuable in this game, the only thing Square Enix wants you to have in this game, and will, uh, you know, the only thing that will guarantee you success in this game is jewels. So you can play free to play, and I do. I have never spent a single dime in that game, and I never will. I promise I will never spend any money on this game. But. As long as you save up your jewels, don't worry about it. You know, if you can't pull on every banner, don't even worry about it. It's not important. That that thing that you're pulling on, it's going to be useless tomorrow anyway. So don't even worry about it. Just focus on, you know, do your dailies, get your jewels. And when things improve in this game, you know, you'll be able to, you know, take advantage of it. Because, you know, if you started from the very beginning, those jewels that you you know earned way back then there's they would still they would still be good now if you never used them so you know jewels are the most important thing don't spend them if you don't have to save up that's my that's my only recommendation and don't spend any money on this game anyway moving on (laughs) to other things that uh, are of questionable uh, monetary worth so we got this uh, ban presto ichiban kuji monthly lottery that'll feature kingdom hearts prices in december I've never seen it, but I think Churro, you're a you're a Persona fan. Did you ever yeah. do in Persona Five near the train station? There's a guy outside. It's kind of like where the politician guy is. There's like a there's like a stand there where you can do a lottery. That's what this is. This is like a real version of that. It's like a it's like a lottery thing, right? Exactly. So. Uh, we don't really have this sort of thing in America. I I personally have never encountered this sort of thing, but like, yeah, in Japan, they have these like little lottery things. that are like a lot lower stakes where you go to these little booths or maybe to a store and you pay a little money into it. And then you get a random item. Like I, I've seen it on YouTube and at stores and yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it, it's, very similar to Union Cross in the way that it works. Well, well we all know that Japan loves uh, randomness. Lottery. Yeah, randomness lotteries. Yeah, so I don't know. So I'll just quickly read off some of the prizes. Uh, Sora and King Mickey statue. Uh, King Mickey plushie. Blanket with a hood. Oh, that's cool. It's almost like a, a Snuggie. Keyblade, Keyblade pen. Oh, man, that's so cool. Hand towel, whatever. Glass cup, whatever. Charm collection, whatever. Last award, King Mickey plushie, but it's the Kingdom Hearts 3 version. I want to see what these look like. I know. They haven't showed any of these pictures. And then uh, uh, last one is called the the Double Chance Prize. Uh, Sora and King Mickey statue. Something's... Oh, oh, yeah. So that that's the same as the A a one so maybe they're yeah maybe that one's just listed in there twice so you you have a higher likelihood that you'll get it okay so yeah unfortunately they haven't shown any of the pictures of any of these things uh churro if you could have any two from this what would you what would you take 
I I am a big fan of plushies, so I wanted definitely want to get the King Mickey Kingdom Hearts three version plush. Okay. What's your and... second? Mm, probably probably the, the statue, Sora and King Mickey. Okay, I think those are both good choices. Um, let's see. If I had to pick two, um, I'm very torn on the Keyblade pen because I really like the idea of a Keyblade pen and I want a Keyblade pen, but then I'm thinking, oh, but at some point the ink runs out <laughs> and then it's not good anymore. Then it's just a Keyblade toy. So maybe not that. So I'm thinking maybe blanket with a hood, which I'm assuming looks like Organization 13. So I could go for that. And um, yeah, I'll go for the King Mickey plush as well, the three version. So uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's uh, that's pretty much it. So yeah, that's Bam Presto's Ichiban Kuji monthly lottery. Oh, by the way, Kuji. It's like a paper slip. Um, if you go to a shrine in Japan, they have these little things where you can like uh, donate a little money into, and then you pull out a piece of paper, and it like reads your fortune. It's kind of like a almost like fortune cookie kind of paper, and uh, those are called kuji. Uh, like uh, I think it's like omikuji. I don't know. I don't know the the, the real name for it. <laughs> it, it. It's weird, but yeah, that's that's what they call. So I guess it's like paper slip fortune thing. Makes sense. Anyway, moving on to the question segment. Our first question come from, comes from Rico Baines, and he asks, There have been a lot of Kingdom Hearts games over the years, and a lot of them have strange titles. Do you think it, will, it would be better if they were all numbered? Which game do you think has the best title? Which has the worst? Um, I mean, Namara already said that the number, the number titles are there for a reason. They're to show the importance of you know, the plot points of the game. So I think, you know, having subtitles just, you know, it's, it's easy to, you know, tell them apart because basically they're just different stories, you know? So I think the titles are fine the way they are. And for the best title, I think it's Birth by Sleep. Mm-hmm. The worst title, I think it's, uh, I think it's Recoded. Uh... Not, not even not even three five eight. No, I actually enjoy three five eight because it makes sense when you look at it. You know, once you, <laughs> okay. Once you once you complete his story and okay. you go into like Kingdom Hearts two, it, it I actually like it. Okay. I like I like the numbers. All right. Well, I have I have a very controversial answer, Turo. Okay. I, I hope you're ready. I think the worst title. In the King of Hearts series. Here we go. Is Kingdom Hearts 2. What? You're going to have to explain that one. <laughs> I'm going to have to explain You're going to have to explain I'm going to have to explain that one. So the reason I think Kingdom Hearts 2 is the worst title is because... So I, I okay. So let me clarify. I actually don't think it's the worst. I think it. Let me let me state it this way. I think it is the most damaging to the series as a whole. The fact that Kingdom Hearts Two is called Kingdom Hearts Two, because what it indicates to people, what it makes people think, is that only Kingdom Hearts One, Kingdom Hearts Two, and Kingdom Hearts Three matter, 
and that the other side games don't matter. I know that's not the intention, but that's what happened. So, and, and you don't even need to look farther than what happened with uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 when it released. Kingdom Hearts 2 releases, and people are like, Chain of Memories? Sh- chain of Memories, Shmain of Memories? I don't know what that is. I've never heard of that. And they never played it because it's called Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, and Kingdom Hearts 2 is called Kingdom Hearts 2. So, the people just follow the numbers. Exactly. So, I, so in that way, because Kingdom Hearts 2 at this at this current moment, Kingdom Hearts 2 is the only Kingdom Hearts game that has a number at the end of it. And because of its existence, it creates the idea that there are these there are numbered titles and there are non-numbered titles. And somehow the numbered titles have some sort of importance and that the non-numbered ones have. And when you are presented with a game series that has like, you know, around 10 titles in it. And you're like, geez, what do I play? You know, if you see some with numbers on it, you're like, oh, see, these have numbers on it. These are the only ones that are important. So, okay. So that, that's, that is my worst title. All right. Best title. Terrible. I hope you're ready. The, The title that has the best title. Kingdom Hearts 2. What? Still, still don't explain that. <laughs> I still have to explain that one. So, I what I like about Kingdom Hearts 2's title, and what I think it's a success is, it is the only title in the Kingdom Hearts series that you can look at and instantly, without even having to play it, you know at least somewhere that that title, where that fits in the series. You know that Okay, when I look at this, I know for a fact this is not the first game I play. When I look at this, I know that there's at least one game behind this. And, you know, at least there's some some information you can glean from it. Even Kingdom Hearts itself, the first one that is just called Kingdom Hearts, if you look at that title, Kingdom Hearts, what does that mean? I have no idea. You can't glean any information about it. Kingdom Hearts means almost nothing in English. But Kingdom Hearts 2, ah, that too. That too has some information in it. And that's saying a lot for the Kingdom Hearts series. You show someone just randomly on the street and say, okay, here's Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. You don't know nothing about what that game is. You don't know anything. You can't glean anything of value from that title just by reading the title. At least with Kingdom Hearts 2, you know that, well, I don't know anything about this game, but I know it's not the first. And that, I say, is a triumph. Also, Kingdom Hearts 3 falls into this as well. I would also say Kingdom Hearts 3 is also a title that falls under the worst title as well. And also the best. <laughs> Only you, Brendan, would make something, <laughs> something so simple and so something more complicated than everybody exactly. already so, is. Uh, so here's my thing. So now that now that I've answered the two last questions, now that I've been answering these in reverse, let me answer the first question. Do you think it would be better if they were all numbered? I would say yes. I would also say I also think it would be better if none of them were numbered. I think the most important thing is I wish there was consistency. Either they're all numbered or none of them are numbered. I would prefer that. I don't like that some are numbered and some are not numbered. That's my main issue. So... If they were all numbered, I, I think it would be a little weird because, like, 
Kingdom Hearts 2 would have been on the Game Boy, and then Kingdom Hearts 3 would have been on the PS2 the year after. That would have been a little weird, but at least it would have been consistent. I guess my number one preference would have been just have subtitles for all of them. Call Kingdom Hearts 2, like, Kingdom Hearts Twilight Shadow or something like that. And then done. You know, no no numbers. Or all numbers. Pick one. That, that's my thing. So, anyway, moving on. Churro, can you take this next one? This one's from Eileen Layson. And they write, Hello, my name is Eileen, and I've listened to podcasts since 2012. I'm a real big fan and hope you guys keep it up. For my question, I was wondering how what you all think they will do with Lee's character and how he will end up being against Isa. I feel like the involvement of Isa, Roxas, and maybe Shion will have in Kingdom Hearts 3 will have an effect on him I'd like to see. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So, like, in terms of how I think uh, Lee is going to be used, I think one of his primary things is going to obviously be, you know, he's going to be, for at least a lot of this game, Kyrie's counterpart, like, is going to be working with her, so may also act a bit as a rival with her. And I'm trying to think, like, where, what points do Kyrie and Lee cross? Where do they, where do their stories meet? And I think the biggest one, uh, apart from Shion being, you know, looking like Kyrie, uh, is that both of them are brought back in this world where their friends are back, and you know, they're both trying to you know, in a, in a way, catch up to them and reconnect with them. So in that way, I think that's where their two stories have similarities. And I think through that, they will go through their journey and supporting each other along the way. And I think the, you know, how Lee will interact with Isa and then possibly Roxas and Shion. Uh you know, Isa's Isa will obviously be the one that's difficult, unless Shion's also evil. But I, Well let me ask you this. Yes. Let me ask you this. Do you think uh Lee will lose one of them permanently? That is a good point, and I think uh yes, and I think it's gonna be Roxas. I don't know. <laughs> It's probably Isa, but I was just trying to—I yeah, was, I was trying to—I was trying to pick a random one. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's definitely going to be a possibility. But I think, yeah, definitely a key part of this is that Lee's going to have to learn. You know, you know, I don't know if he has an issue with it, but learn to accept help from others, not be so lone wolf. Like he def—he's definitely the kind of person that will go out out of their way to fight for his friends, do anything to help his friends. But I think in terms of receiving help, I think maybe he's not uh, he, he's not so used to that that dynamic. So I think this is going to be a game where he's the one that needs the help. So I think that's going to be neat to see. Churro, what do you think about Lee's character? What what kind of things do you uh, hope for? What kind of things do you think they wanna, they'll, they'll be doing in Kingdom Hearts 3 with him? It's just like you said, you know, about, you know, being offering help and all that. Because, you know, 
since our time with Lee, you know, back when he was Axel, mm-hmm. that he always did everything on his own. Like he yep. was a double agent, you know. And then in Kingdom Hearts two, he he was literally he betrayed the organization. He was like he was like a wanted man with them, so he went on his own to kidnap Kyrie just to bring Sora so he can see Roxas. Mm-hmm. You know, now this is the time you know that he starts accepting help from around him. This time he has a group of friends to help him bring back Roxas. You know, and Sora is so very determined to bring Roxas back too. So. You know, I just hope that he, you know, I mean, he, he's he's got a lot of development, just like how Riku has. So, you know, it's kind of hard. I mean, like, because he lost, you know, Shion, he lost, he lost, he's, right now he lost everybody. Yeah. So I, so I personally think that it'll be too much of a happy ending if he got all of them back. He's going to, I think he's going to have to lose one of them permanently. Definitely. Or he'll be the one lost. Dun dun dun! He'll have to sacrifice himself again, but maybe this time for real. But but he already did that, so maybe not. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think he's gonna do another sacrifice again because he already did you, that. You can't really you can't really pull it off again. Yeah, you know, so he's gonna have to lose someone that's close to him because it's to me the way Kingdom Hearts three said, you know, the way Nomura said, you know. There, it's just gonna be some sacrifices involved in it. It's kind of like you know Harry Potter and Death- Deathly Hallows. You know that all the characters you love weren't gonna, su- you know, not all of them were all gonna survive. You there, there has to be sacrifices to some of the important characters. So I think with Axel's story, you know, this is gonna be the case. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, moving on to the next question. This one comes from Nico Gonzalez, and he asks, "Hello, KHU. Question: I." Just rewatched the recoded uh, secret ending with young Zehanor and Brag. Since Brag, Lee, and Ansem's apprentices returned as their original selves in Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, would that mean Marluxia, Luxord, Syx, and Larkseen would return as their original selves now too? Thank you for everything, guys. It was awesome seeing you at the concert, Churro. Hey, it was good to see you too, man. You know, it's always nice running into you. And always, you know, thank you for always stopping me and come talk to me for a bit. In regards to your question, I mean, they already have, you know, they've already returned to their forms. But like, as to how, as to them being Norded, that's a totally different scenario. Yeah. Like with, you've seen in the recorded secret ending with the conversation between Bragg and young Zaynar, you know, with Bragg asking you know, young Zaynar, who shall it be? You know, it's really given a hint that they were there to retrieve those who were all of them that came back mm-hmm. to the original selves to be norded because the heart is, I'm sure, in, in that state of mind, you know, the state of mind that they're in after coming back from being a nobody, their, their hearts are probably in their weakest state. Yeah. So, which makes it easy to nord. So, I'm guessing that's. You know they already they already have because when you look at then that scene you see everybody all unconscious on the ground and they just chose Isa out of the one because they realized he he was the one that really did a lot for Xemnas during the 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 fake organization's time so yeah. he was considered a more the valuable one so I think that we are probably gonna get you know we are probably gonna get shown cutscenes of how they came back and how they were taken and probably norted in the process. So it's just a matter of when. Yeah. Something I'm wondering though, 
is so back in Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, one of the bombshells uh, Zigbar drops, by the way, spoiler for Dream Drop Distance, our fair game on this podcast. So if you want to get out, get out now. Uh, so anyway, Zigbar, one of the bombshells he drops on it is that, oh, you know, we were, you know, or, or maybe it was Zeminus. I, I forget who does it. But anyway, they were sort of like lying to the organization the whole time. And that actually, uh, a- after a certain time, uh, nobody's grow back hearts. So when they grow those hearts, are they suddenly now themselves again at that point instantly? Or are those new hearts? And if that's the case, then like, okay, so Axel had a heart, but the way they used, so there's some very specific imagery that they use with Axel to indicate that he's now his normal self again, is his little uh, like clown makeup that he has under his eyes, little green lines. Well, he had those throughout Kingdom Hearts 2, but according to the logic that you go with, with like Zehanord or Zigbar, whoever, they're they were basically saying that, oh yeah, after a while, nobody's just grow back hearts. So did he grow back a heart that wasn't his or, or, or grow back a heart that was just a new heart? And then when he got killed and then brought back, he was brought back with his original heart, but then that I, old it, heart it, is I, gone. I think it's a combination of, I, I think their hearts got merged because it's like the hearts that they grow are the hearts, you know, all the, mm-hmm. all the stuff that they learned as a nobody and that gets merged with the heart yeah. that they had before they became nobody becoming yeah. kind of like two halves equal whole. Yeah. So basically they, instead of losing their memory of everything they had during their nobodies. Yeah. They remember um, everything. I think, yeah, they remember everything. So I think it's just them with them growing their hearts. It's mm-hmm. just, they're just forming a new heart yeah. with all the memories they experience as a nobody. If I had to guess. So my, my version would be just a little different. It would be that it maybe it's the same heart, but what got killed was the body, and when they came back, what they got was a new body. And then that would explain why the makeup is gone for Axel, because he, he doesn't have it on his his new body. I don't know. Whatever. Doesn't matter. It's this is all this is all just it, it, fiction. It, it, it's it's never it's never really it's been explained. It's never been explained. So, basically. so whatever. So Not well, hopefully in Kingdom Wars three they'll throw us something yeah throw us something exactly but yeah if they don't whatever it's 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 fiction get over it enjoy anyway uh, next question comes from christopher love and he asks uh i have been thinking about the encounter with santa claus in kingdom hearts 2 the first cutscene with him confirms he he is the only santa claus for the entirety of the kingdom hearts universe this got me thinking about how ca- how characters in Disney worlds may know more about the greater world than we think. For example, I have been thinking about the fates from Hercules. In case you don't remember, they are essentially the ones who cause someone to quote-unquote die and can see the past, present, and future. If Santa Claus from Halloween Town is a Disney character who is applied to the greater Kingdom Hearts universe, it would seemingly make sense of the fates of Olympus to follow suit. As far as we know, Kingdom Hearts 3 will seemingly follow the plot of Hercules of the Hercules film, which the fates were a big part of. Do you think it's possible that we will encounter them in Kingdom Hearts 3, and do you think they might let slip a few hints about how the Keyblade War will end, considering they would know? Sincerely, uh, C Lover one four seven. 
It's a big one. <laughs> it's it's a, it is a big one. I mean, I mean they haven't really, you know, the the Disney characters themselves never really it showed much. They don't. They never talked about like keyblades, the keyblade beard wielders. Yeah, there there are there much. are some like, like uh, Triton, for example. He knows about keyblade wielders. He knows that they are. Uh, you know, they bring ruin. So he's he's heard those stories about bad Keyblade wielders. Um, you know, there's uh, I'm trying I'm trying to think of any others. Like there's there there's some that I like, mean I mean I mean Sephiroth said you know yeah Sephiroth you know so that's a Keyblade yeah so that's a Keyblade so he's heard of he's it he's heard himself. of it like uh obviously all the Disney villains know about them because of Maleficent um. You know, so there's. I, I mean, honestly, they didn't. They didn't really put it that well with it. I don't. If it's, I don't know if it's an Easter egg from tomorrow or you just didn't really think about it until now. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, the whole because because when you, when you think about it, like they made a big deal about Keyblade Wielders missing meddling in Kingdom Hearts One, but then then Kingdom Hearts Two rolls around. It's like that went out the window. Yep. Then all of a sudden, it's brought back in Kingdom Hearts Three. Exactly. So. Well, we'll have to see. I, I will say, with regards to Hercules and the Fates, um, you know, the the underworld in Hercules does have at least one character that seems like, you know, that makes it seem like the uh, the underworld has more control over the wider universe than just Hercules, and that would have been Orin, because Orin's not a Hercules character, obviously, so. You know, him being brought back by Hades, you know, through his, you know, abilities, like, that could indicate that, you know, at least the underworld has some control over the wider universe that, you know, we don't necessarily always see. And if that's the case, then maybe the fates also have that, but, like, yeah, I'm not sure. I think it would be kind of neat, especially if it was, like, you know, kind of a interesting hint. Uh, I mean, especially especially when like in the like in other Kingdom Hearts games, they make you like especially in like three five eight over two days. Yep. You know, the whole point was to not be detected by any Disney character. They yeah. always wanted you to go in there, do do your mission, and leave. And then same with Union Cross. When you're in Union Cross, like they always told you not to show the Keyblade around. Yeah. And then that's why Tirithi never appears in front of other characters besides you. Yeah, definitely. You know, they've always made this big deal that Keyblade wielders. I mean, because of the whole, it goes back to the whole meddling thing. You know, like they know about meddling. Exactly. And it's because basically you're like these worlds are not supposed to really under like are they're not really supposed to know that there's other worlds out there. Yeah, that so is true. It's so. it's almost like. It's almost like each world, I mean, pretty much each world has its own storyline, and that's it. They're not supposed to be, it's kind of like a robot, like, understanding that, you know, they're they're just there to do the bidding of the person who programmed them. Yep. You know, until they realize they get a brain, and they realize that, you know, become smarter than you. So it's like, they're not supposed to know that there's something out there besides them. Yeah, exactly. For most of each world. Yeah. So that that is the case. There, there's there's some characters that do know, um, and I guess you know, with respect to the Disney worlds, they give some some characters more knowledge than others. And yeah, because like I mean, in the case of King Triton, it's like he's, you know, he's he's a wise king. Obviously, you know, he's he's, he's a wise he's king. Traveled many seas, so he's he's seen a lot of things. Uh, you got Cap Captain Hook who can use his pirate ship outside of his world. 
Uh, you got Monstro, which is a <laughs> interdimensional whale. You know, you got it, it. It just seems it just seems as a combination of like, yeah, it's there, but yeah, it's not there. Yeah, I think you know? I think at at the end of the day, the most important thing is what is the most interesting. If it would make the story more interesting, and and Nomura, you know, thinks thinks to have it in there, then they might do it. You know, they they might be you know used in that way. The fates, and I would personally say. It would be kind of neat. It would be neat foreshadowing and also uh, make Hercules' world seem a, a bit more interesting because it has some, at least a little bit of an effect on the wider story. And also, since Hercules is the first Disney world, it would be kind of neat if Sora got a little bit of a glimpse into the future, especially if the fates say something that you have to fight against. Maybe they'll say that, oh, you know... Yeah, you're going to lose. Because, like, to be honest, like, all we've ever heard is that, you know, darkness will prevail. And there will probably be cutscenes prior to that that hint to that as well. So if you've got these Disney characters that are omniscient in a way and you ask them, so, like, are we? what's going to happen? And if they're like, yeah, you're going to lose. Like, when you hear information from more than one source... That adds a lot of credibility to it. So I don't think the Fates would be the first source that Sora hears this thing from, this prophecy from. But if he also gets the same prophecy from an independent source, the Fates, that would be pretty. That would be pretty cool, I think, because it'd be like, oh crap, oh like that 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 makes it seem a lot more credible because like they're not this is they have no stake in any of this Zehanort stuff and even they say we're gonna lose so i think i, I just think it would be interesting i don't know if that's necessarily what would happen but if it was me i would do it so anyway uh we just have this one last one which is not not really a question but more of a follow-up to what we had on the last so uh sure sure if you could take this last one yeah, this one's from Simon uh, Bourgeois. Bourgeois. That's what that's uh, what Google who... said. Okay. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry if if we mispronounce it. We apologize. Yes, we're we're but, we're stinky um, Americans. Don't be angry at us. Yeah, but uh, they write as someone who lives in Quebec. I wanted to specify something about the laws regarding video games being in French here. It is not required for a game to have French text in it. Only the box that the game is sold in in the booklet inside, if there is one. It has to be translated in French. Most games, until we got to the P- PS3, 360, Wii era, were in, were in English only. So that's that's a really interesting follow-up. So thank you very much, uh, Simon. Uh, so yeah, I guess... I guess it's not as as serious as I, I had originally thought. So yeah, just the 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 book, the, the the manual, and I guess that makes sense because you know from a legal standpoint, I guess they're mostly concerned with the fact that people that speak French need to be able to use it. Like if you think of it as software or as like a tool, almost you need the operational manual to know how to do how to use it you know properly and safely or whatever so if you think of it like software or buying something that has like a manual to it i i understand that you know the box and the manual 
yeah that makes sense that those have to have french so that makes a lot more sense because man if they had to demand that the language had to be french as well i could see that being a major barrier for a lot of people even text localization even just that would be very expensive to some smaller titles uh out there so yeah that's uh that's an interesting interesting follow-up thank you very much simon so i think that pretty much wraps up our show for today our music for this episode is a cover of and <laughs> i'm gonna do my best to pronounce this properly lo oscurita del ignoto which is the uh it's basically the battle theme that you get when you fight young master xehanort in uh in, in uh kingdom hearts 3d so uh this one is covered by brandon skelton this cover has uh you know he 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 basically recreates the whole song and then the main lead he does on uh, alto sax so it's a really interesting cover really cool live version of this song so i hope you guys really enjoy that our next Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 14th of August. And as always, if you guys like the show, please subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. Oh, yeah. And as always, you can catch uh, uh, every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And again, Remember, if you guys want to support the show, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you have any questions for the show, please send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, Churro, it is that time. It is goodbye time. Oh, wow. Yep, we made it. it. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Please, Churro, I I just have one request, and and that is that I want you to be safe. Because it is hot out there. <laughs> no, I mean it's not as hot down here in SoCal. Like the highest it was, oh, really? it's been, it's it's like mid eighties. Oh, that's not so bad. Nothing, but over there in Japan, oh, I'm, I'm not wishing you to be sick. It's so bad. Oh man, like like thankfully we're in summer vacation, but you know, uh, you know, in Japanese schools there are there's no AC uh, for junior high and middle school, and I, or junior high and elementary school and i'm a uh, junior high school teacher and uh they recently got these uh thermometers and uh you know just you know converting to uh fahrenheit the thermometers basically said that inside the classroom it was 92 degrees with like 75 percent to 85 percent humidity that's what it would range with and this is inside a classroom and then some of these days, this would be like, it would be like this, no wind. And like the only benefit we get from being inside is that we're in the shade. So it, it, it's it, bad. It, I mean, I mean, it is bad, especially with no AC. I mean, when I was at Anime Expo uh, couple, uh, at the beginning of July, yeah. uh, there was a humongous heat wave that hit LA and it was a hundred and like 12 degrees outside and yeah. luckily they were blasting the um the uh, air conditioning in there but as soon as you stepped outside it yeah. was bad and then like I, when i went when i went to go outside to go home it was like nine ten o'clock at night Damn. it was it was still 106 that's crazy 
that's how bad it was. But over here in, in San Diego, it's like, you know, 80 degrees, which is not even that bad. Yeah, it's not so bad. So. Dang, yeah. So it's it's definitely pretty crazy. Thankfully, because it's summer vacation now, I'm I'm spending all, all my days at the Board of Education, and they have AC. So I'm surviving. But yeah, anytime I have to walk outside, it's just like <laughs> I turn into a ball of sweat. It is just, it's bad, especially in the morning. For whatever reason, in the morning, there's no wind. It's just hot and, and no and, wind. And you're from and you're from Florida. Too, I'm from so Florida, so I'm used to this kind of heat, and it's even bad for me. But I think it's because in Florida, you know, this is you know, it's America. We have central AC everywhere. By the way, in Japan, uh, most places do not have central AC or central heating. So if you do have uh, AC, most of the time it's a split unit, and that means it is a per room deal. Meaning, if you want to have a whole building cooled or heated or whatever they gotta run all those different machines and uh let me just tell you uh they don't <laughs> so yeah it gets bad so hopefully hopefully everything is gonna be all right and uh yeah things get cool sooner rather than later so anyway uh that's that's our show for today Charles, say your goodbyes Bye, guys. Thanks for joining in again. Always appreciate the support. Absolutely. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. Thank you.